In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to season three of Woo! Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes. Yes, both seasons. Now into season three. This week we're watching the 1995 teen classic Clueless. It tells the story of a bunch of spoiled rich kids in California, and it's based on Jane Austen's Emma. It's a movie with lots of famous faces and quotable moments, but somehow, I, I know it's very hard to believe, I've never seen it. It actually is really hard to believe. Like, Really? Yes. It's so good. And like... I actually, like, I know guys who like this movie. It's not... I, I'm, I'm coming with an open mind. Maybe I'll really <laughs> like it. We'll, we'll find out. But... I just I just mean it's not like it's, you know... I mean, there are other things that I would just assume that, like, you haven't seen. But, yeah. no, this is, it's, this is a good one and a big one. And lots of people are in it. I think you're going to be surprised by the cast, actually. How many people I recognize in it? Yeah. Okay. I can think of um, at least... Three, maybe four people that you're going to be like, holy shit, that person's in this? Okay. Oh, and I'll one band. And one band also. Wait, sorry, what was that? I said, and one band. Four people in one band, at least. <laughs> okay. Four people in a band from the makers of Four Wings and <laughs> Um which, which was a great movie that I, that I, I really enjoyed. See? So, you know, you, sometimes you, 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 have a, you have an okay track record. In sometimes this I have we'll good taste. Up. <laughs> sometimes. All right, so we're going to go watch that, and then we'll uh, talk about it after the break. Looking out a dirty old window Outside the cars in the city go rushing by Alright folks, Eric and I are off watching Clueless. Yep. And if you're a cool person like me, you might already own it on DVD. But if not... Uh, what? Just point of quick question, what if I'm not as cool as you? Hypothetically, just hypothetically. Hypothetically, if that were to happen to be the case, um, apparently it's also on Netflix. Yeah. So, you know... I have it, Netflix. Yeah, so stream it there. And if you, uh, for whatever reason, don't have Netflix, which I'm not sure if that's a thing at this point, um, you can also rent it from all the usual places. It's on YouTube, iTunes, Amazon Video, Vudu, Google Play, $2.99, and all of those places. So lots and lots of ways to watch Clueless. Go watch it, because we're going to spoil it, I'm guessing. We're going to get into some really really intense, you know, twisty uh, plot of Clueless. Hey, it is an intense, twisty plot. All right, well, I'm going to go watch it, and we'll find out. All right, see you on the other side. And 
and we're back. We just watched the movie Clueless starring Elisa Silverstone and the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Uh, yes. I have many thoughts about this movie, but Emily, you are the geek this week, so why don't you go first? Tell us a little bit about what you love about it. Okay. I know I always start this off by saying it's like really, really difficult to answer this question, but it might be like extra difficult this time. I, ah, it's very tough. Um, okay. Because it's the answer ultimately is just like literally everything about it. The whole thing. <laughs> I just love so, so you much. You cannot pick one but, thing. But, well, I think that um, at a large part or, or one of the things that's that's just so incredibly great about this is, you know, there's no reason for a teen movie to be good. Yeah. There just isn't. Right. I mean, you know, you cast some pretty people, you check a couple of high school stereotype boxes, have a big prom scene at the end, the teenagers will go watch it. You know, like, it's not it's not that hard. And there are a lot of them that are, like, really shitty. <laughs> and so it's a pretty low bar that you could pretty easily step over. And this movie is just like, nope, nope, I'm going to pole vault over that bar like it's the Olympics, <laughs> even though it's basically sitting on the floor. I mean, like, from just from the the first, like, what, two and a half minutes of the movie, we hear three incredibly kick-ass songs, um, right. which continues throughout the movie. Um, Up to and, and including several songs by the Mighty Mighty Boss Towns. Yes, performing live, <laughs> like, right at the, at the, like, upswing of the height of their popularity. Complete with a guy on stage who's skanking. It's just oh, yeah. like... Just, it's like the... just like in real life when you it's go so see sad. them even today. Don't it is say so it's sad. sad. It's awesome. <laughs> just just thinking about how, how harsh the downturn must have been after, after this movie, you know? Like, the, 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 the upswing and the downswing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had a lot of upswing before they got less popular after this movie. Like I said, this was the upswing. This was before Let's Face It came out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you're in Boston and it's the period of time between Christmas and New Year's, like they still play three or four shows every year at the House of Blues and it's always packed. Huh. So I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Didn't you huh. go to the summer concert series they played? No, I didn't go to that one. Yeah. Oh, well. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, aside from the music. Um, you know, again, the, the, I mean, the dialogue is so good and I love the way that it's like <sighs> the characters and especially Cher is just like this dumb spoiled bimbo, but the movie is super, super self-aware about her dumb spoiled bimbo-ness. Right. So, it's, like, it's trope aware of, the, of right. the pretty blonde girl who's, yeah, in high school and all so, this. So like every line that she says from the very, very beginning of the movie in her voiceover is like could be just a totally straight like mildly bitchy spoiled brat queen bee thing to say but you can also tell that the movie is like making fun of all of that at the same time i mean like right. uh the first one the first one that happens to spring to mind is like is it my house classic the columns date all the way back to 1972 <laughs> like and it's like She's saying that in earnest, and that's part of her charm and ditziness, but the movie is also making fun of her. Ah! Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of, it, I can definitely see, uh, we talked about this on the Walking Dead podcast, the fact that uh, you were positing there's no universe in which Buffy Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer would not have seen Clueless. And I can totally see the influence this this movie and that style of writing for Elisa Silverstone's character, for Cher, 
might have had on on Buffy, at least, especially in the early seasons when she's in high school. Yeah, well, and actually, I said that in reference to a specific thing. I can't remember what episode of Buffy it is. I was, like, doing a minor Buffy rewatch, and uh, they, uh, she, like, didn't know what carpe diem meant. Okay. And I was like, okay, no, that's not plausible, because she's clearly seen Clueless, like, 15 times <laughs> because she's a, cause she's a California teenager in 1997, and carpe diem okay you looked hot in it <laughs> you know so i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this all podcast by I, I'm, I'm aware of that I'm, I'm bracing for that yeah um possibly more than anything else we've watched thus far i know like significant portions if not this entire movie by heart so <laughs> so l- let me just uh go into yeah, your turn, kind your of turn. my mindset so Previous on the podcast in season one, uh, you had me watch Cruel Intentions, and that was basically my baseline of comparison for what I was expecting coming into this movie. I was oh, expecting, wow, no. Right. <laughs> I, I was expecting this to be, uh, I mean, they're both like, what, 90s movies with kind of a lot of people who wind up being famous later, and they're both about uh, step-siblings who want a bone. I'm just saying. There's, yeah, there's a shared... <laughs> I guess. I guess. Um, although, yeah, no, but the thing about Cruel Intentions is, and I was... I was oh well and that episode never aired so our audience doesn't know this that much um but sorry guys that that uh the one audio the, for, the audio for our cruel intentions episode got swallowed into a void oh, wait of, did that did that one never air that one never aired it got oh, it shit. was one of it was one of a couple that got swallowed into a void of my poor file management okay well well uh, suffice <laughs> to say I did not like cruel intentions right, so I was coming but, into this with with a low baseline now but. right but I should we should also be clear that um and I don't think I was clear enough with you about this going into Cruel Intentions either. Cruel Intentions is like a like a goofy lark of a movie that like I find entertaining in like a deliciously bad way. And I mostly wanted you to see it because it. Tra- I, we discovered that you had never seen Sarah Michelle Gellar in like anything else, anything except Buffy, right? Right, which is like Buffy is Buffy is obviously like the main thing with like her fame, but but she was in a lot of popular teen movies in the late 90s and played some extremely un-Buffy Summers characters. But yeah, no, I don't, like, I mean, I'm not going to try to defend Cruel Intentions as an actually good movie, other okay. than the brilliant bitchiness of of uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character in it. Right. This, on the other hand, I will defend <laughs> to my dying day. And so, yeah, so I went in having not liked Cruel Intentions and was very pleasantly surprised that there was a lot of this movie I did like. So... Hey. That being said, so I, I, I there, there is a but to this, uh, but I, I will tell. agree with the pole vaulting comment. There are some lines and some gags in this movie that like got a very loud and earnest laugh out of me that I was totally not expecting. Like, like so, what? so for instance, uh, I mean, when all three of them are at the dinner table and someone's cell phone rings and all of them reach for their phones, or when uh, uh, when Cher says that her mother died a fluke accident during a routine liposuction. <laughs> Right, which just the but the, she the likes casualness. She's still watching over her. Right, but the, 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 but the casualness with the, with which some of these lines are delivered is so great. Um, let's see. And I just think Alicia Silverstone's um, uh, delivery of stuff like that is so perfect too. Like, right. she's so like mystified by it, like during a routine liposuction. Like, what? And she she also gets in. Uh, I, I'm very glad that we watched these in a certain order. She also get, gets in a good uh, Tale of Two Cities reference. It's like that book I read in ninth grade that said 
Tis a far, far better thing doing stuff for other people. That I would not yeah, have understood if we had if uh, we hadn't read Tale of Two Cities before this. That was actually the original reason that I wanted to do this for the podcast. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, it's been it's been on our podcast list of things that we're going to do like from the very beginning. But um, and again, inside baseball for our listeners, uh, because of the length of time it took of time it took us to read A Tale of Two Cities, we recorded last season wildly out of order. Yes. So, uh, so in my mind of coming up with what episode was going to be next. I decided on this one immediately, like, while we were reading A Tale of Two Cities. Got it. Because you remembered already... her line about, it's a far, right. far better it, thing. Of course I remembered that line. Okay, got it. It's so, a far, so... far better thing doing stuff for other people. <laughs> right. Um, oh, yeah, I wanted to do a, do a thing at the start of this. I forgot to. Um, I, do, do you ever listen to the Slash Film Cast? No. It's Okay, well, it's, it's a really good podcast about movies and TV and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like blah. their blog. Yeah, and what one of the hosts of that does this thing called uh, "Boom Goes the Dynamite," and I thought of one for this. Um, I just saw a film about a young woman trying to find her place in the world. She wants to do good, but is often challenged by her own naivete and her peers, some of whom are played by big name celebrities. And there's a cameo by a major music act. In the end, she realizes that the key to her happiness might be someone who she had previously written off. But enough about Zootopia. Let's talk about Clueless. <laughs> Have you seen Clu- uh, Z- Zootopia yet? I haven't. Is all it's, of that true? It's Zootopia? so good. Oh my god, it's so amazingly. I mean, I know it looks adorable. Are, I that's about the it. extent of the similarities. It's a very different movie in most regards. I would hope. But I saw both of those movies yesterday, so I I, I had to write that. Um, anyway, shout out to Dave Chen slash Filmcast. I, I love the boom goes the dynamite jokes. Um, anyway, back to this movie. Um, something else that I, that I liked is if you were trying to make a period piece like about the nineties today you could not remember or come up with as many things as appear in this movie so not just like the fashions but you have the the girl giving the 90s whatever you have the person talking about their cranberry cd you have the nine inch nails you have skateboarding you have the giant cell phones one of which is the 2001 monolith which i thought was a great gag i love that that was that was a, a very very funny cutaway joke um, there's Beavis and Butthead, there's Ren and Stimpy, there's Marky Mark, yep. <laughs> which, which was that, that also was Also the funny. entire soundtrack. Well, yeah, the whole soundtrack. I mean, there's, there's a lot of movies though where just, you can throw in songs yeah. and call it like, oh yeah, this is, this is a, a yeah, piece about the nineties, but there's just so many things going. And and of course the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah. Well, and also like, um, now some people might quibble with my history on this, but like, a lot of those things were also like come from this movie and or were popularized by it. Like like what? Like the whatever thing where you do the W with your fingers. Really? That came from this movie? Hell yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah. That is news to me. I mean, and again, I'm sure that people said that. Like, I don't think that Amy Heckerling made up this type of talking, but like sure. certainly in terms of like pop culture and like that being like a widespread thing, like... Yeah, I think of that as being like a general like '90s Valley Girl type things. So maybe it was like an LA yeah. thing first, and then she took it nationwide. Uh, but yeah, um, so there's just all the, all this stuff, and, and also the Mentos commercial, which is just like why, yeah, but so fresher. Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and of course, as we've discussed, all these famous people who were very young, including uh, Paul Rudd and um, uh, Brit. Uh, What's her name? The Ty? Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Yeah, I, I knew it was Brittany, but I, I thought I thought it was wrong for some reason. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so you were mentioning also Wally. Also Wally Shawn. I was going to say Wallace Shawn and um, uh, Turk from Scrubs yep. is, is the boyfriend with the braces. Yep, Donald yeah. Faison and Stacey Dash, who is actually only famous because of this movie and for saying crazy things on television now. Wait, so who, who's Stacey Dash? 
Okay, so you know in the Oscars, um, when Chris Rock made that oh. joke about like the Academy's new like outreach liaison. initiative, yeah, yeah, and like this random person came out on stage and, and said, "Happy Black History Month, everyone." Yeah, so that's Stacey Dash from oh. the who is uh, who is Dion in Clueless. Okay, um, and now her entire existence in like the pop culture universe is going on TV. I think she's even like a Fox News commentator or some nonsense. But she says bullshit things about like how we shouldn't have Black History and shouldn't have BET and all this bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So like, so <laughs> n- not everyone she's, could be as successful as Paul Rudd in their later life. <laughs> she's turned. She's turned into a little bit of a nut. But yeah. anyway. Um, okay, so so a lot of people, uh, yeah, I, I was actually probably most but excited to see Wally Shawn. Like, I, we I, have that, that to was give her what... snaps for for her fashion. So, <laughs> yeah, the uh, what's it called, like ambitious, or or Cher uses some term that that could be read two ways to describe her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, her her ambitious attempts. Yeah, um, so yeah, so there's a there's a lot of gags and a lot of lines and fun characters, and it's obviously fun seeing these celebrities in it. Um, I think the overall plot, though, I don't know if it's pos- Maybe I would have enjoyed the actual story more if I were a fan of Jane Austen's Emma, which this is based on, right? Like, this Correct. is kind of a... So, maybe it's because I've never read that. Maybe, maybe that affected my enjoyment. I felt like there was just a lot too much going on in the actual plot. Like, I would have been happier with a much simpler plot with just gags. Like, with this kind of, like, more... The same, like, level of these, these crazy, really funny, sharply written gags and just less stuff actually happening. Um, it felt like the movie wanted to tell, you know, a lot of different, like, almost episodic sort of stories in a movie that didn't really need it, in my opinion. Like, obviously there was the whole, like, I guess each, on, on its own, each of the many, like, sub-stories within this w- was fine. Like, I didn't, like, have a problem with any of them, but it just felt like, I don't know, it felt like the movie was always in a hurry to get to some place I didn't want to, like, follow it necessarily. You yeah, know. I mean, I think I, that's a fair criticism, I think, especially on a first watch. Um, yeah. Like, I don't even notice how complicated the plot is anymore, because obviously I know everything that's going to happen. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, that's that's definitely a fair criticism, again, especially on a first watch. And uh, that's actually that's also something that happens um, basically every time that you attempt to adapt a novel of the complexity and length of yeah. uh, Emma or Pride and Prejudice or... Uh, Tale of Two Cities or like any any like long dense novel like that uh, into a feature film instead of a miniseries right um, you always end up going like what the what, what, what? <laughs> but I will say I mean and again this might be this might be something that um, you don't necessarily notice because you don't know where all of it's going but like they the plots do feel like a little bit um, a little bit disconnected and like random and not necessary but they also are all kind of a build like right. they're, like, they're all know, building to the ultimate sort of the the, the realization kind of her her epiphany where she, that she's the one who's clueless right exactly which which i got like and i, I appreciated that for sure um but but yeah there's just maybe either the movie was too short or maybe there's just too many too many like many subplots I, I don't know yeah no i mean that's fair it's it is it is very dense yeah. i will give you that and, and another question kind of about the adaptation here so in the, like the original novel like were there as many like potential love interests as there are here uh for whom for for the equivalent of Cher's character for emma, emma oh yeah, yeah there are um she's let's see well 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing happens with um, she tries to set up her friend with uh, Elton. His and actually, that's like that might be the only name that carries. I wait, wait, wait. The character in Emma is actually named Elton. Mr. Elton, yeah. I thought I thought that was another joke on the fact that Cher and Dion, like there was going to be another singer, like another kid named for a singer. I thought that's what that was supposed mm, to be. That might be why they made that his first name or something. Okay. I don't know, but or maybe um, it's like a background type thing where they, they named yeah, Cher but, and Dion and because actually, he was actually, Elton. that's like. I'm thinking I'm I'm running through it quickly and like I that might be the only character that has the same name as okay. this character in Emma. Um unlike, you know, uh 10 things I hate about you which is also on the podcast list which is The Taming of the Shrew, a large number of those characters are uh, the names from the play, a variant of the name from the play. Uh, Heath Ledger's character is named after the place where the play takes place, like all this kind of right. stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot more explicit Shakespeare referencing in that. As opposed to I this. Think, I think Elton might be the only character. But yeah, no. Um, in the novel, um, yeah, she tries She tries to set her friend up with uh, the priest, Mr. Elton. But it turns out that he's into Emma, not into right. the friend. And actually, the same exact thing happens with the negotiating how to get home from a party and ending really? up alone with him in a carriage. Yup. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he doesn't try to like sexually assault her because it's... It's Jane Austen, right. but no, but they do the same thing where they, they like argue a bunch over who's going to ride home in what carriage with whom from this wow. Christmas party. Yeah. And she ends up alone in a carriage with Mr. Elton and like realizes that he's into her anyway. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a, there's an analog to Christian. Obviously he's not gay. He's engaged. He's secretly engaged to someone else. Okay. Um, but he exists. And then she ends up, um, she ends up falling in love with. I'm just going to spoil all of Emma for you. That, that's. I mean, I've already uh, seen this movie. So she ends up. She ends up falling in love with her. Um, he lives in like the neighboring estate, and like she's known him like most of her life, and he is at her uh, brother-in-law. Also, she has an older sister who's lives far away. Who lives in like in London is married, but okay, this is he's her brother-in-law. Yeah. So yeah, so, it's the same number of. It's and actually, I mean, Emma is actually more complicated. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, like, I. I this may be something I also kind of got a sense of adapting from a book to this is like, there's like a lot of like very pretty white boys in this. And it's kind of, it got confusing at times. I don't, I don't know. Like I felt like the, um, I'm sorry. Can you not tell Paul Rudd and Jeremy Sisto apart? Like what? Uh, Who are the, it wasn't like not telling them apart. It was more just like fatigue of just oh, like, okay. you know, Oh, someone's into this person. No, someone else is into that same person. No, that first person into that other person. Like, Again, I mean, this kind of gets at my earlier point of just like too much going on. Yeah, for there my is a liking. lot going on. Um, but again, maybe, maybe we, you're, I mean, you're saying on a first viewing that maybe one reaction maybe be completely different on a second viewing. You know, like in terms of just yeah, knowing already I'm, that this person is not or is or is not important. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm so far removed from not knowing what's going to happen and right. who the people are in the movie that like I have no perspective on it at all. I could definitely see and understand how like the whole thing gets pretty dense and confusing and complicated. Although, I mean, I don't know what your high school experience was like, but... <laughs> Not like I mean, this, but... <laughs> well, really? Yeah, I was pretty antisocial in high school. I did oh. not really go to parties and such. I mean, well, I didn't go to parties and stuff because I was very, very well behaved. But just in terms of, like, 
and even if you weren't involved in it, just in terms of like who was dating who and who had a crush on who, and like, I mean, yeah, no, that wasn't my, really a thing. Yeah, my middle and high school were like significantly more complicated than this, just in terms of who was dating who, <laughs> who was dating who after having already dated somebody else's best friend, and oh my god, it was a mess. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like there was not relationship drama in my high school, just not involving me and not enough of it because then tighten it circle, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, this this I mean, this rings pretty true for me in terms of like how people flitted from one crush to the other and yeah yeah so um yeah i mean i guess like uh to the earlier thing about this being sort of a time capsule for a high school era that we did not attend because we we were too young when this movie came out um it's it's still really entertaining like i don't think if i were to show this to someone who was you know 10 or 20 years older than me like I'm wondering if there's like a, a there's like a, a a sweet spot sort of an age range for for which this movie is like you know ideal because like certainly if I were to show it to like my parents like they would be like the, some of the stuff that I was laughing at they they would not like my yeah, parents just... enjoyed this when I forced it on them yeah um, I mean they might they might listen to this and be like no we didn't but like I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I'm pretty sure they acknowledged that it was like fairly solid i mean it's a well-written movie there's some there's some solid really funny jokes so there's there's some stuff that even if you don't care for the 90s all the 90s overload that that you can still enjoy well and i mean even if you hate everything that's like going on in the movie and the plot and everything like you come on you have to be amused by the fact that there's like a nose job bandage in every scene right yeah what was that exactly that that was supposed to be like like a plastic surgery thing totally okay i honestly didn't know if that was like a same reason that my plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if that was like some like archaic piece of 90s fashion that I wasn't aware of. Like of no, having they're just a all getting nose, nose jobs because okay. they're like rich, spoiled <laughs> L.A. children. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like, um, I feel like this overall this this movie like i wouldn't necessarily watch it by myself again but i would be totally fine if like someone put this on put this on at a party or whatever like i feel like um i was very pleasantly surprised by the the number of things i was able to enjoy about about this movie i mean maybe maybe i again i had a very uh, bad reference point of cruel intentions coming in of uh i swear most of my taste is way better than cruel intentions now now important question does anything else on the list involve step siblings who want to hook up because i mean i feel like that's like a a, a dangerous theme if we're (laughs) between those two movies um, I'm gonna look. <laughs> you have to check. <laughs> I mean, I doubt it, but I'm not gonna like unequivocally say it without checking what's on the list. For I, I was joking. I don't. The you thing don't is, actually need the thing to look. is that I actually never would have made that connection because, like, it's so thoroughly presented as like dark and twisted in right. uh, Cruel Intentions, and in this, it's like they're very, very clear on like. They're not siblings. They're not related. Their yeah, parents, they remind you of it constantly. <laughs> their parents were not married for very long. Like Josh, you are not my brother. Right. No, um, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I'm sure I only really connect made that connection because of my expectations going in, because of just sort of, you know, <laughs> having. No, I don't think even in Heather's, which is as dark and twisted as high school gets. Okay. I don't think that there are creepy step sibling nonsense going on in any other movies. Right. Um, um, and Gossip Girl is not on the list. So <laughs> actually, no, I don't think the step siblings do hook up and go. Do they? Oh, they kind of do. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> 
But to be fair, they were dating in Gossip Girl. They were they're dating before they know that their parents have a romantic history and before their parents get married. So okay, and they get weirded out by it and they break up and ultimately they end up together. It's a whole thing. Okay, you're Um, welcome. I'm never gonna make you watch Gossip Girl. Okay, thank you. I promise. I, I, I'll, I'll trade. I'll trade you that for never making you play Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> All right. I think. Okay. We can. Deal. That's that's a good. That's a good deal. I I like that. I like that. What did you think of Paul Rudd? He was Paul Rudd. I mean, he just makes every movie is a little bit better. You know, it's it's kind of like he. Okay. The thing about Paul Rudd is he has a positive effect in everything, but he's he's kind of has like a bland positivity to to him. I feel like he's kind of like the salt. Like, he can go in any movie and do well and make anything better, but, like, he's not, like, a very adventurous spice or anything like that. He's just, he's just, you know, salt or butter or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but he's so sweet and wonderful. No, and that's fine. He's, I he's mean, the great. montage, the montage at the end when she's, like, gradually realizing she's in love with him and they yes. just do, they just do, like, a montage of, like, every time throughout the movie that he has, like, <laughs> adoringly smiled and looked at her. It's just, like... Which I'm not sure if it was specifically this start, movie. Like, I don't know if it's specifically this start movie, but there was noises every time that happens. <laughs> um, there's I don't know if have you ever have you ever seen Community, the TV show? No, it's not on the list because like I mostly was not crazy about the show. But there's there's one episode where they make fun of that sort of montage. Uh, maybe it was specifically this, but I'm not sure. Uh, um, I think they do that in a lot of stuff. I don't know. I know, but they're, they're, they're talking about how you can just have a montage of people like looking at one another, set to music, and how it makes anything look like romantic tension. So they do that with like every character in the, in the show. They have them like you know go through montages with every other character. You know. So yeah, I mean, those are kind of. I think I think I'm officially out of thoughts on on Clueless. Uh, was there anything else okay. that you wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, I mostly just have like <laughs> comments about specific moments that I love and Go for all it. of that kind of stuff. I'm gonna. Um, I don't know. I just like. I just feel like there's more little things that del- now. Well, I can't say I discover new things that delight me every time. Um, because like. Like again, I pretty much know the movie by heart. Like I don't think I'm going to discover anything new. This There's is the diminishing most, returns. Yeah. This is no, there are not diminishing returns. No, no, no I, I mean, I mean, diminishing, not, 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 not diminishing value. Just diminishing number of new things that can possibly be discovered. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, the thing is that I mean, we we talk about this often on this podcast, right? Like we we watch or read or whatever something that uh, one of us has read or watched a million times, and. Yep we keep finding new things that or or it's not that we keep finding new things it's more that like suddenly we're watching it like we're doing a way closer watch than we normally do and like that's so we it. might that's true yeah. right so we tend to notice things when we read and watch stuff for the podcast that like we haven't necessarily noticed because we've even though we've watched it a million times because this time we're like watching and taking notes and paying attention yeah and i was doing that and i didn't notice anything in this because i'm <laughs> because so... you've seen it so many times yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean there's i don't know there's just so many like ah the character i just feel like the characterization of every single character is so so perfect i mean like the way that sh- the way that with share they so excellently blend like her total airheadedness and her like also being pretty well educated and like a also little sort bit, of a little bit smart. street smart yeah, yeah. like, like it's like, not just like, well educated but like she she has the, the whole negotiating sort of style oh, yeah and, yeah i love that you, you so know. much how like how like the dad's like loving supportive thing to say is like tell me the problem and we'll find a way to argue it well uh, no my, my favorite line of the dads was honey i couldn't be happier than if they were based on real grades exactly <laughs> 
Um, but no, but it's like it's like the way that she the way that she like flips back and forth so quickly from like um, right after she uh, first can't convince um, uh, Wally Shawn's character to change her grade in debate. She says that she goes on this thing where she's like, I felt impotent and out of control, which I really hate. You know, it's just like this excellent tone change from like, you know, she knows the word impotent and she's doing this grand speech in her mind, but then she devolves into like bratty spoiled child. Yeah. And it's like, it's so... Baby talk. Yeah. It's just, it's great. (laughs) And she remembers Mel Gibson accurately. Right. That was kind of like a running gag is that she's only seen movies that Mel Gibson is in pretty much. Like... (laughs) Um, No. No? No, that was a specific reference to the Mel Gibson Hamlet. Right, but but then later on, someone says, like, someone makes a movie reference and she doesn't get it, and her dad says, like, oh, well, Mel Gibson wasn't in that, so. No, that's, um, I think Paul Rudd says that as a reference to her saying the thing about Mel Gibson. Oh, I, I don't remember. You, you've seen it more often than I have. I will defer, I will <laughs> no, defer they to the expert here. they specifically go and see the new Christian Slater. Oh, okay, okay. When they knock right. off class, so they're <laughs> right. they're into and uh, Which, what, oh, well, I what guess, movie I would guess... that have been at this point? Like, what what would have been the new Christian Slater? At, like at this anything? Point? It was he and everything at that point. Oh yeah, that was like that was like Christian Slater time. Okay, that's why I'm gonna I'll look up like what would have been like relatively contempt- but like that's that's the thing is that's why they say that I think yeah because Christian Slater was like the guy he's in Heather's but Heather's way predates this. <laughs> Oh, one other thought that, that I was just looking at my notes and, and remembered. Um, one thing that I guess this is true of a lot of stuff from the 90s is a lot of the treatment of the gay characters is kind of, like, not cool anymore, especially the P.E. teacher. Like, yeah. she's just, like, like, the fact that, oh, you know, like so many P.E. teachers, she's same-sex inclined, and then at the end of the movie, she's just kind of, like, you know, well, you know, just the, the way the way she's, like, kind of ta- talking to the girls at the, at the wedding. Um yeah, 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 yeah. And, you, you know. know, when when um, when Murray, like, tells them that Christian is gay, the way that they confirm it in their minds is, like... He does like to shop share, and the boy can dress. It's right. pretty reductive. Um, that is that is very true. Yeah, I so, I mean, you know, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's like it doesn't a diminish thing. the Although, rest of the movie, but it's just, like, what, a couple gags that just don't work anymore, you know? Uh, that is definitely true. I will say... Um, that in terms of, um, I mean, yeah, it totally, it does suck that, that, you know, Christian gets reduced to a gay best friend and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I will say, and this similar to, similar to when we've watched romantic comedies for this podcast, <laughs> I'm going to guess that I have a way broader base of teen movies to, uh, accurate. Yeah. The, the core group of like fr- friends, I will say is like more diverse than it usually is. Well, sure, I mean, kind of movies. yeah, she, like, her, her best friend is black, and then her right, then that the best friend, boyfriend, the best friend is boyfriend, and well then summer, summer is Asian. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not great, <laughs> like it's but not better, <laughs> right? Um, well, and uh, yeah, it's. I, I'm just like I'm just like running through, in my mind, um, I don't think I can think of a person of color in Ten Things I Hate About You. Um, there is not that I can think of a main character of color. Oh no. Okay. There's, there's a, a love interest of, of, uh, like South Asian descent in, in mean girls, but like the main core characters, the plastics and, uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan and her friends, 
there's nobody of color. Yeah, and there's there's usually like if anything, there's like one like yeah. one token black character. So much so that in um <clears throat> in not another teen movie, like <laughs> there's uh there's like a running joke about how there's like one token black character in the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, it could be worse, but no, I agree that, that it's, it also could be better. And, and I'm still forgetting the actor's name, but Turk in this movie, like it was, it was, it was, it was that, that guy, or uh, it's, it's it. good that he's like, um, it, it's cool that he's represented as an actual good boyfriend, even though he's like a, maybe a little bit dumb with the whole shaving his head thing, which is the origin story of why Turk is bald. But you know, uh, yeah, but, but like that, uh, like for instance, that, um, when she, she keeps getting all mad mad about him calling her woman yeah. and then he launches into that little thing about yes. how like okay but street slang is an increasingly valid form of expression most of the feminine pronouns do have mocking but not necessarily misogynistic undertone yeah that was great right yeah <laughs> so uh yeah i guess uh, oh sorry did i cut you off were you about to say were, were no you... i don't think so i mean i'm th- again you know i uh i wish i had things to ask like what did you think of this what did you think of that but like <laughs> mostly mostly if i were to do that it would primarily just be me saying like i love this part so much i love that part so much isn't it, it, it great when this happens be like our, uh, our our doctor who part two uh, podcast where, where we were had both already watched <laughs> all of doctor who and since went on we went on the, the raw audio for that was an hour and a half of us talking about things that we loved <laughs> oh i'm sorry about that huh? no remember that that was that was me for the most part like going on and on about like, stuff <laughs> that I loved. like okay what did you think of amber or did she not register for you because there were too many characters amber amber didn't register for you no. okay amber is like amber is just this like perfect bitchy frenemy the one with the red hair who is she the one in the car with the beret the one who was dating the uh, dating Paul Rudd, who then is like talking about no, like... no, no, no. Oh no, she doesn't even have a name. She's okay. some college girl. No, Amber's... I thought that girl. I thought the college girl was Allison Hannigan at first until until like. Uh... Oh no, 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 no. Amber is um, Amber is like the part of the group, but she's kind of she's like shares frenemy. Like they're they're always sort of trading barbs in the very oh, first right. scene. She's debating yeah. against her, and she's, she's like... sitting in front in front of her in debate class. Yeah, and then she like goes up for the debate, and after yeah. the whole Hadians thing, she uh, she's like, "Whatever. If she doesn't do the assignment, I can't do mine." She did not register. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's just if you ever do watch it again, like appreciate her because she's just like such a perfect bitchy frenemy. Like like <laughs> at the end when um, when Ty's sort of social status starts to rise. And um, she can't hang out with Cher because she's going to Melrose with Amber. Then Amber just like looks at Ty and it's just like, we're going to Melrose. <laughs> just in this very much just like, I just stole your friend. Wait, yeah. It's great. But no, one of um, like the universe's favorite trivia, like little bits of trivia about this movie is that uh, Alicia Silverstone actually said Hadians wrong. Like she said Hadians, not Haitians. She genuinely didn't know. Really? Yes. Yes. And Amy Heckerling just decided to leave it because she thought it was better that way. <laughs> That is that's isn't that delightful? That is wonderful. Yes, right. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I guess we're done. Unless you just want me to like I, continue. I, I, I think I think we can safely wrap it up there. But <laughs> everyone should just go rewatch Clueless again. Yeah. No, I mean, I, so so overall, overall thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I wouldn't seek it out for watching by myself again, but I was I was pleasantly surprised by by like seventy five percent of this movie. So thumbs up for me. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm yes. very happy. So now that we've talked about Clueless, what are we doing next time? 
next time, uh, well, you remember at the start of season two uh, when I had you play a video play game? A game. Yeah. Um, a video game. A digital card game. Yeah, I mean, it was debatably not that much of a video game. You know, it was more of a card game. This happened on your computer. Um, we're going to be playing another video game, and this one's actually a real video game, and it's actually a, a very okay. popular mm-hmm. video game uh, called Portal. Oh, I've heard of Portal. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to be playing playing Portal, or at least as much as we can within a certain time frame, and uh, then we'll be talking about that next next time on the podcast. All right. Next, I guess, episode two of season three. So until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob, signing off. I'm outie. <laughs> Nicely done. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit GBNPodcast.com 